knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome to the show, everybody. Big Dave and Joe in the studio here in South Florida once again. Joe, uh, back in the saddle. Back, back in the saddle again. Feeling 100% now. <laughs> Very good. Uh, glad to have you back. Uh, of course, last week uh, on the heels of the uh, big week down here in South Florida at the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, four big tournaments. Uh, of course, they had a whole series before that, but uh, of course, the regular uh, Seminole Hard Rock showdown event, the regular WPT stop. And then a couple of bigger ones, a 10,000 and a 25K buy-in. And then finally, the Tournament of Champions, which, uh, as we look back on it now, really kind of stole the show. It was really uh, uh, the big focus of a lot of people around the world. And we had a, uh, a couple of Europeans that were the short stacks going into the final table that ended up going head-to-head for the title. Uh, the Grinder finished in third place. Noah Schwartz also made that final table. So we had pretty, uh, plenty of representation here from South Floridians. But... Uh, uh, certainly, I think if you would have polled the audience, uh, you would have been uh, uh, would have been pretty hard to find uh, someone who picked the actual champion, who was uh, Farid Yashu of uh, the Netherlands, and uh, second place finisher was uh, Vlad Darie of Romania. So uh, that was kind of a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, World Poker Tour obviously would have benefited from the grinder winning the event, I think, uh, with a lot of attention, but uh, they certainly weren't upset to see that. Uh, uh, two of their one-time champions that made that tournament uh, just qualified within the last year uh, got in there and uh, really stole the show at the very end. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it's nice to see that that uh, you know you have somebody outside, but like you said, down here in South Florida, I think we would have wouldn't have minded a, a Noah Schwartz and Grinder final uh, head head-to-head matchup. Well, last year when you were away, uh, we did uh, hear from uh, Matt Savage, and we carried that interview last week. Uh, it really had some uh, nice outlook on how everything went and uh, how they'll tweak things in the future, as they always do. Uh, also, uh, we heard from Matt Waxman, who was involved in a hand with the action clock, so uh, there's been some stuff written about that as well. But we got a couple of guests tonight. We have one taped interview that we'll carry later in the show, Kate Hall, who uh, really has had a breakout year, uh, one of the fine female players that really... Uh, has stepped up big time, uh, started the year off with a third-place finish at the Aussie Millions, and uh, has uh, really challenged uh, for the WPT Player of the Year. In fact, uh, she went to the uh, final tournament there at the uh, showdown and needed a third-place finish. She ended up, she made the final table, but finished ninth. So uh, Mike Shariati uh, ended up getting Player of the Year honors. So uh, definitely we'll have some fun tonight. Also, we have uh, on live via the telephone from Las Vegas, Donnie Peters, who is the editor-in-chief of PokerNews.com, who is uh, basically that site is like uh, the go-to spot for all the news in the world of poker. Really have enjoyed and, and used that extensively over the years. Read a lot of Donnie's stuff and got a chance to talk to him a little bit. So we'll get his thoughts on the action clock and uh, the whole scene in South Florida. Of course, uh, Donnie earlier this year was honored for his work out at the uh, uh, American Poker Awards uh, 
course, the Seminole Hard Rock yes, got some uh, hardware out of that, yeah. too. But uh, Donnie was uh, named the Media Person of the Year, which is a tremendous honor yes, and is. recognizes all the stuff he's done over the last few years. So we'll get to Donnie right away here. Uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, but uh, let's start off with kind of a recap of what happened here. Donnie, thanks for uh, taking the time to be with us here on Poker Action Line. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really look forward to uh, having you on for a while. And I kind of dropped the ball there. I talked to you last year at the World Series, and and then, uh, you know, so many things come and go, and uh, especially my uh, little notebooks where I write uh, addresses <laughs> down, which is kind of a cop-out because it's very easy to get a hold of you. But um, I did not uh, take advantage of uh, your agreement to come on the show, and finally I'm getting to it now. So uh, uh, thanks for putting up with my uh, procrastination. Hey, you know what they say, better late than never, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, you're originally from Buffalo, and uh, you lived in New England for a while. I, I noticed a couple times on Twitter that I guess you're kind of a New England Patriot fan and maybe the Celtics as well. Uh, are you consider yourself a New Englander or a, or a Buffalite? I consider myself a New Englander, yeah. I moved out there when I was 15 years old, just before high school, and that's pretty much where I made all, all the groups of friends that I'm still currently friends with from back home. Really, when I got into sports, it was all throughout New England. That's why I'm a big New England sports guy. So, yeah. So, while my roots are back in Buffalo, I will say that I'm a New Englander through and through. You worked at Poker News since uh, 2008, and you took over as the uh, uh, editor-in-chief uh, just uh, a few years ago. I guess about been about uh, three and a half years or so. Uh, it's uh, been a pretty meteoric uh, rise in your career, and uh, basically I'm, I'm sure it's due to a lot of hard work and, and talented writing. Uh, do you enjoy being uh, the editor position, or would you rather just be out reporting on the road most of the time? I, I have my days when I would enjoy both. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, There are times when I still do get out on the tournament floor reporting, writing stories, and that right. sort of stuff, uh, like I just did see you down in Florida. Uh, that was one of those occasions when I was able to get out there and get out, get down on you know the ground level, and I still really like that. That that's the original reason why I got into this industry and how I got into this industry being a tournament reporter. So being able to to go back to my roots and really do that side of the business that I really still love, um, you know, it, it keeps everything sort of in perspective. Now it's it's not always glitz and glam sitting sitting behind the computer editing work and you know doing reports or whatever it may be that I'm doing currently on my day to day. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I try and do a little bit of both as much as I can, but more so now it's more editing. And I, and I enjoy it all together. I mean, the reason I got into poker, like, you know, the majority of people who got into poker is just for the love of the game. And I just so happened to fall onto the industry side of things as opposed to the playing side of things, and I honestly couldn't be happier. Do you get to play much yourself? Uh, I can, yes, but I've taken sort of a break. Uh, I just... Nowadays, it's, I always relate it to people when they ask me this question. It's similar to when I was in high school or even in college, for, for that matter. You know, I would go to class all day, and then the last thing I would want to do is, you know, more math homework after I was done with school all day. I'd want to just watch sports, you know, maybe go down to the bar with my friends or, or hang out or that sort of stuff. So I don't play as much as I used to, but it's not that I don't have the opportunity. It's more just me kind of... You know, pulling it back, taking a little bit of a break from the game. Would you play in, uh, like some of the guys we've had on the show, and some of them that work with you, Chad Holloway is a perfect example, is a very good player, uh, plays in uh, the uh, employee event out there every year, in fact won that a couple of years ago. Uh, Do you play in some of those big things, or do you prefer to stay kind of uh, under the radar? 
I prefer to stay under the radar, but I have dabbled in some WSOP events uh, here and there. I've played four in my lifetime. I haven't had success in any of them. I've only made the dinner break one time. Um, I'll just I'll just chalk that up to a very low volume, and hopefully I'll I'll break through someday. I would love to share some more success to, to Chad uh, back when he won the employee uh, events a couple years ago. Well, I've never played that event specifically, mainly because I had always been training people on our team during right. that time. That was always one of the tournaments that. You know, it was it was low key. It was sort of off the radar. Not a lot of people followed it, so that was one of the ones we were able to induce or introduce the new members uh, to our team to. I'm a big mixed game guy. Uh, they just they get my attention a lot more. They hold my focus a lot more. So if I'm ever going to play in a WSP event, it's usually one of the smaller buying, like a horse event or one of my favorite event is the No Limit Juice to Seven Single Draw the Series. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. I hope to be playing that again this year. Right. Uh, on a regular basis, you guys did all the reporting for many years out at the World Series of Poker, and I guess that changed last year. They kind of went in-house, and I think uh, I think the quality slipped a little bit. But uh, uh, do you still have a big presence out there as a regular uh, in regular coverage? Yeah, so we do regular editorial coverage. I mean, the only really thing that we lost is the official live reporting coverage of the live updates that you now see on WSMP.com. Um, but we still have a team of uh, six to eight guys that we have out uh, for the duration of the seven weeks out here in Las Vegas, and we'll be bringing similar coverage to last year with editorial coverage, uh, daily podcast Monday through Friday, video coverage, uh, feature interviews, feature articles, strategy stuff, all on the website, all on PokerNews.com. Certainly that's the place to go to for your news, no question about it. Uh, uh, people don't understand what's involved. Uh, you know, it's a pretty tough job being around the tables. I mean, obviously it helps if you've been doing it for years. You get to know certain people. They'll give you information about a hand and that sort of thing. But it's really not that easy, especially uh, chip counts and that sort of thing. You've got a couple of guys that are really good at it, uh, Mickey Doft and uh, BJ, of course. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what goes into doing uh, the reporting around the tables. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, it's a difficult job. Much like poker is a game of, you know, incomplete information, everyone's trying to piece together various pieces of information that they get from different players at the table, betting patterns, and that sort of stuff. Reporting is, is the same sort of thing. You know, we're not always privy to all the information in a hand. We don't always see whole cards. Sometimes we arrive at a table in the middle of a hand, maybe on the flop, on the turn, on the river. We don't know what happened prior. Uh, first and foremost, you know, you don't like to bug the players at all if you just want to act like a fly on the wall and just be there, uh, watch the action, and then hopefully report on it accurately. Um, but it's it's certainly not an easy job. It's, it's a long, strenuous job. I mean, if anyone's familiar with poker, and I'm sure plenty of the audience members are, you know that poker tournaments are not a short daily endeavor. They usually last 12 to 14 hours. Right. And, you know, with the media, we've, we're up an hour beforehand. We usually stay up, you know, an hour or two afterwards just to get everything uh, tied up, you know, tie up all the loose ends that we have to do on the back end, write recaps and that sort of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's strenuous. It's a lot of work. It's, it's tiresome. You know, I feel like a lot of the guys that still grind it out full time on the tournament circuit don't get the respect that they deserve because um, it's, it's a it's a job that I think a lot of people take for granted, and without the tournament reports, you know, what, what would we have to to follow along with this coverage? Because it's not every tournament these days that has a you know a big TV deal and, and cameras everywhere. Yeah, my partner uh, Joe Rodriguez here was a poker room manager down here in South Florida for many years. Uh, taught a lot of dealers, 
and that sort of thing. And uh, Joe realizes more than anyone how much work goes into putting on an event. And much the same way as the reporters, uh, people don't understand the job reporters go through. Uh, also, the, the pr- preparation of, for an event uh, certainly is a tough thing. Joe, you certainly recognize how much work went into the Hard Rock over the last uh, the 10 days for those big events. Oh, yeah. And, and listen, anybody who's had anything to do with po- uh, tournament poker knows that uh, the planning that has to go into this so that the tournament can run as smooth as possible from the dealers, the servers, the chip runners, you know, everything that has to go on there to do that is is just an enormous task when you have fields this large. And I can't imagine Donnie's job being any easier, like yeah, he said, absolutely. when you walk up to a table that you see excitement building up and, you know, maybe you get there as the turn card comes out and you don't know what the action's taking place. So, you know, it, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication to get the correct information to put it out there. I mean, they went through weeks in the ballroom of decorating that place with the curtains on the walls and the signs and everything and how much work went into preparation for that. The poker player just shows up, sits down to play at the table and really doesn't appreciate all the work that went into it. He, well, yeah, because, but the poker player really doesn't have to appreciate all of that. Well, like Donnie says that's the poker player is there for 12 to 14 hours on certain days, and you know that's hard enough as it is to to worry about yourself and and you know get yourself into into that game mode and right. you know that's hard enough as it is. So Donnie, you were here for several days and uh, got to see all the ins and outs of the Hard Rock and and what they did. Uh, were you impressed? Yeah, I've, I've been to the Hard Rock now three times, and every time I go back, I feel like I leave much more impressed than the last time that I was there. And my initial uh, takeaway when I first went there a couple of years ago was I was really just blown away. Uh, they're they're one of the few venues that that uh, they treat poker, you know, like it's on a pedestal. They really, they really like poker. You know, you get a lot of live brick and mortar casinos these days. They just stick to the poker room in the back, and they don't really care to you know, exemplify the poker product. At, at Hard Rock, that, that's not the case at all. Um, you know, like you guys just said, I mean, all the stuff that they put into it, uh, you know, behind the scenes that, that you don't see, um, I, Hard Rock does it as, as good as anyone as I have ever seen out there. And, you know, it's, it's really good to see their poker market continue to boom and the numbers continue to rise and prize pools continue to swell. And I can only hope that, you know, that continues to grow, and they continue to get these huge deals down there. It's certainly one of the can't-miss spots uh, for, you know, any poker player, any poker enthusiast, you know, looking to travel to a big marquee tournament. How about their treatment of the press? Pretty top-notch as well. Yes. I mean, I can't complain. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, tell me, before we get into the tournament itself, which I want to do, uh, tell me about your uh, the thrill for you of winning Media Person of the Year. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Kevin Mathers was also up for an award and, uh, and several others. So, uh, you know, you deferred some of the uh, credit to some of those guys that they all deserved uh, recognition. But that's got to be uh, on your uh, bucket list of uh, top-notch things of your career. Yeah, I was... When I, when I originally uh, got the got word that I was nominated in the final four, uh, yeah, Kevin Mathers, like you said, was nominated. The other two were Jason Somerville and Joey Ingram. I was I was very honored, very shocked. Uh, you know, I, I I do like to think that I put in a lot of time and, and hard work and effort into what I do, and I love poker. But you know, never in a million years did I think that I would be up for an American Poker Award for Media Person of the Year. It just you know, it was, wasn't really something that I think about. Not that it was something unattainable. It's just not. I'm just trying to do the best work that I can, and if I get recognized for it, great, but I'm, I'm not chasing awards, you know? Right. So, and even still 
to this day, you know, several weeks removed from receiving the award, I oftentimes forget that I got it um, until I see it. And then I say, oh, wow, I won that award. And, you know, like you said, I mean, I, I did speak to the other three guys that I was nominated with, Jason, Joey, and Kevin. And honestly, I, I it's one of those things where I feel bad that somebody has to win and there have to be three losers when in reality, I mean, everyone does an equal amount of hard work. And the fact that all four of us were nominated, I feel like we should all get an award uh, for, the, for the stuff that we do. So... You know, I'm happy to have received it. I, I, it was a big surprise. I was, I was very shocked when, when uh, I heard my name called. I didn't really prepare anything. I, I definitely thought that the award was going to go to one of the three other guys, uh, just knowing all the hard work, time, and effort, and uh, awareness from the community that they get on a regular basis. Well, I know the Seminole Hard Rock won uh, one as well for uh, some of their action, and uh, they brought back the hardware themselves. And I, I can say there were hundreds of photos with people posing with it. So. Uh, uh, even though it's kind of a new thing, only the second year of, of those awards, it, it really is the Grammys or the Oscars of the poker industry now. Yeah, and it's great to see, you know, just going out to the awards now for, for two years, like you said, it, it's great to see that, that uh, you know, the community all getting together for a celebration of the game. You know, oftentimes you have all these various companies, whether it be media companies, whether it be, you know, poker operators, live venues, online venues, that sort of stuff. You know, everyone's kind of looking out for their own interests, which is, you know, understandable in, in business. That's how it is. But under that roof for those that short period of time over those couple of days of the conference and then also at the awards and the ceremony, I mean, everyone's just there and they're celebrating the game of poker and they're celebrating the industry. And that's my biggest takeaway from it all. And I really hope that, you know, that attitude that is shared there in those days continues on, you know, over the, you know, the days to come and, and for throughout the next year leading up to the, you know, the next awards next year. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking to Donnie Peters, the editor-in-chief of Poker News. PokerNews.com, you can get all your information, great stuff, strategy, interviews, coverage, uh, really everything to do with the game of poker, and, and it's absolutely well done. Uh, certainly uh, should be on your uh, bookmark list if it's not already. Uh, let's switch down to the South Florida event. Uh, uh, that just completed, and as I mentioned on the intro, uh, tournament champions really kind of stole the show. It was uh, uh, not a huge turnout compared to a lot of the other events. Obviously, 64 players out of a possible 229 or something like that. But you figure over 14 years that a lot of the people that maybe won in the early part of the WPT may not uh, be involved in the game as much as they were, uh, much as the recent people. And as it turned out, uh, a lot of the recent champions were the ones with, that really challenged in the end. Uh, what did you think of the tournament itself? It was kind of a surprise, uh, really, that the grinder didn't win the thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, especially when you got down to, to three-handed play and he had 50% of the chips in play. Uh, I mean, you just figure somebody with as much experience, you know, on that stage and in poker in general, and also, you know, with so many titles to his name, the ability to close has been shown time and time, time and time again that you think Grinder would have closed it out against, you know, us in the industry. We know for Jachu uh, and Vlad Darier, but you know, to the common poker fans, they're you know pretty much just unknowns. So you would think that Grinder would have closed it out. Uh, it didn't work out that way, but, you know, that's just how the cards fall sometimes. But overall, I thought the event was great. I was, when they first made the announcement to, you know, do away with the WSO, or WPC uh, uh, championship event and, and move towards this tournament of champions, I was, you know, I wasn't such a big fan of it. I loved the WPC World Championship every single year. I uh -huh. thought it was this great, 
you know, super prestigious event, had a huge buy-in. The field was smaller, but the field was always one of the most elite that you would see on the, the tournament calendar all year long. It always produced really big prize pools, a really big first-place prize, and a ton of notable names and, and faces at the final table. That said, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw in this event. Uh, I thought there was going to be more like 45 to 50 players entering. It ended up getting 64, so I think that was a positive. Uh, I loved the shot clock uh, implementation. I thought that was great. I loved all the added prizes. You know, you had you had a watch for the winner. You had you know the the Corvette that was thrown in. You had the additional hundred thousand dollars in cash. All that sort of stuff that was tossed into the prize pool. I think was was really cool. And uh, I think that the event would have taken a, a couple of knocks if they didn't also have a 3,500, a 10K, and a 25K on the schedule right. so that those events could appease the players who didn't have the opportunity to be able to enter the Tournament of Champions. But I thought the Tournament of Champions was great, and I hope that it continues to grow. And I think next year, you know, you'll get a few more players and then a few more the year after that, and hopefully it'll get up to, let's say, 125 to 150 players. I don't think that you're ever going to see the the 200 plus in this tournament. Just like you said earlier, you know, there's a lot of the old school guys. They might not even be in poker anymore. I mean, the WPT has been going on for much longer than a decade now. So, you know, some of these guys, you have no idea where they are. They might be completely out of poker. Maybe they just happen to take a shot in the WPT event. They're a business guy and they happen to win one. You know, that guy has you know other other goals or other objectives of his life that he's not a not a poker player. So. All that said, you know, I, I thought the event was, was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple other things I want to get to. Obviously, you have a new television show coming up uh, on Poker Central that I want to talk about a little bit. I also want to talk about the big uh, uh, shot action clock. Uh, you got time? Uh, I, I usually always go long on these things and uh, get a little long-winded myself. But uh, you got another 10 minutes. I need to take a quick break here. I have as long as you need. Oh, good. Before. Okay. Well, I. How about four hours? <laughs> hey, he, you know, he four hours might be it. But. I always laugh and say that you know I a lot of radio talk shows people do four-hour shows and I could do one probably a couple times a week, but uh, there's always something to talk about in the game of poker. But uh, we'll bring you back for another ten minutes or so after the break. Uh, hang in there, and we'll be right back with you. Okay, uh, let's take that break. Uh, I do want to tell you about everybody about Gulfstream Park, which uh, fin- finishing up their racing season over there. Greatest horse racing in, uh, in the country throughout uh, the winter months, and a great poker room as well. A place that we play, uh, Joe and I, uh, a lot of times. Uh, they have nightly tournaments at 7 p.m., and uh, you can get involved in some of those. Of course, great games spread throughout the day, cash games, uh, including a pretty juicy uh, Omaha game that a lot of people really enjoy. Uh, but uh, racing is is kind of like their their prime choice. But for us, we look to the poker room as a great place to play. And love their staff, Dave. That's you know they're so professional. They run such a great room there. It's so much fun to play. It's located in the southern part of Broward County, just north of the Dade County line, uh, in Hallandale Beach. Uh, the address 901 South Federal Highway. So it's right on US 1 and the corner of Hallandale Beach Boulevard. Very easy to find in between 95 and the beaches. Uh, the poker room is located in the back side of the first floor casino, a uh, 20-table room in the back there. Check it out. Uh, it's a beautiful room, lot, plenty of TVs to watch all kinds of sports. And if you're inclined to betting on races, uh, you can do that as well. But uh, a lot of action there. And as you say, Joe, a great staff, which makes for a nice, comfortable room to play in. Yeah, let me tell you. And like you said, in this weekend, it's going to be real special with the Kentucky Derby going there. So... 
So much to do there. I mean, the poker room, we already know how great a room that is. The horse racing, first class. But you got all the other restaurants and everything else in there. It's just so much fun for the whole family. Absolutely. First Saturday in April, or I'm sorry, first Saturday in May is the Kentucky Derby. And they, of course, uh, simulcast all the races from around the country. And you can bet on uh, the Derby and all those things. So Saturday will be a madhouse over there. But there will be plenty of uh, interesting action, including some uh, fish swimming around in the poker room, I think. <laughs> yeah. so a good place to go. Anyway, check it out. If you need any information about the room, what's going on with tournaments or a game spread or what's coming up as far as promotions, they have a great loyalty program called Player Rewards. Check it out. Give them a call, 954-457-6336. Nine five four four five seven six three three six Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Prods of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Can you tell if the leftovers from this dinner party are beginning to grow bacteria that could lead to severe diarrhea, vomiting, and stomach cramps? Listen. You can't see it either. Get leftovers into the refrigerator as soon as possible. Spoiled leftovers can make you very sick or worse. Roughly 3,000 Americans will die from food poisoning this year, but you can keep your family safer. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here on Poker Action Line. Donnie Peters, the editor-in-chief of PokerNews.com. Joins us via telephone, and uh, uh, you got about a month now before the Colossus kicks off, uh, Donnie. Uh, last year I was out there for that uh, event and uh, saw the madhouse of 22,000 players. Uh, what are your thoughts heading into the series this year? I think it's, uh, I think Colossus is going to be much bigger right at the kickoff. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to think it's going to get over 30,000. Wow. 
crazy. Yeah, I can see uh, the, the two added starting flights. Last year they had four starting flights. This year they have uh, six starting flights. And just with, you know, all the hype that was built around it last year and, and the fact that people were able to see that it got over 22,000 players, I think this year, plus you have the million-dollar guaranteed first-place prize, you know, I think is going to really push this one over the top, and it's just going to shatter all sorts of records. And I'm sure they learned last year from the problems uh, with the payouts and the long lines and uh, kind of the madhouse that was goes along with a first year of something. They have that new uh, payout process coming this year, among several other uh, changes that they made. A uh, great thing for the poker media is the chip-in application, uh, which you can read about uh, on uh, on. I believe there's a story on your site on the, about that. Uh, some yeah, of the there is. Things. But uh, certainly a lot of uh, improvements, as there is. Uh, your friend uh, Kevin Mathers, who uh, was down here also for the tournament, is uh, basically going to get paid for what he's done in the last few years, and that is uh, be the Twitter czar and uh, get out information to people that, uh, that have the same questions like 80 times over. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was uh, the inside joke with, with Kevin that we had in the media room was that he needed to be paid for this. And so it's, <laughs> it's about time uh, that he's done that. I mean, he's just the fact that he's able to help out the community in that way to that extent. It, I mean, it seems like the guy's a robot that never sleeps. He's constantly answering questions. He knows all the insides and outs of everything that there is to, to know, uh, you know, that poker players want to fire off. Um, and and it's, it's a great thing that the WSP is finally bringing him on board to handle all of their business. You know, the WSP has, they have a ton of things to worry about uh, with the, the giant poker festival, the WSP that goes on for, for seven weeks. And, you know, as much as they would like to be able to dedicate efforts to social media, it's never been the, the case that they can, you know, do right, as, as right. much as they could. And, and Kevin fits that role perfectly. I mean, like you said, he did it last year. He's done it in years past. He does it year-round for the poker community. So why not bring this guy in for those seven weeks and let him be, you know, the Twitter guy, the social media guy who can facilitate all sorts of information to all the players and all the, the, the entire community out there. So it's a really good thing, really a really big step in the right direction. I'm happy to see it happen. How has social media changed your position over the last four years? I mean, everything just moves a lot faster. Uh, it's not just within the poker world. It's within the world in general. Uh, I mean, you see it with regular news nowadays. It's, it's social media is the, is the place to go. It's, you know, whether it's people breaking stories on social media, whether it's people getting scoops from social media, getting, you know, information and tidbits, being able to piece together stories. We just we move in such a fast-paced world these days, and, and also social media magnifies everything, you know, whereas... You have, you know, you have a lot of poker players from back in the day. Let's say, let's say Chris Moneymaker, that thing happened now with social media. I mean, it'd be, it'd be, you know, 25 times the, you know, the explosion that it was when it happened in 2003. And the explosion was huge then. Um, you know, you see that a lot with, with sports. People say, well, okay, LeBron James is huge these days, but imagine if Michael Jordan had social media. Well, Michael Jordan didn't have social media and he's still huge. Um, so just the fact that things are so much uh, faster paced these days and also magnified to a much larger extent, those are the two big things that stick out to me. One of the things that always sticks out for me in this program is that there's always something to talk about. Uh, it's amazing, and, and I do this on such a smaller level than you do on a regular basis. Uh, I guess one of the most difficult things for you is deciding about what to write about, what to uh, get out there on the site, and, uh, and and how to cover things. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, 
think of it like, you know, putting together a movie or a book. You know, some things are just going to hit the, the cutting room floor. That's just, <laughs> that's the breaks. We only have so many resources here at Poker News, like any, you know, media establishment or any company. There's only so much you can do. As much as we would like to cover every single thing under the sun, you just you can't. So you, a lot of times you're just, you know, you're weighing things against other things. And you're determining, you know, what's the more important stories or what's going to resonate well with the audience and that sort of stuff. It's, it's certainly not an easy job. And while you would like to be able to please everyone, there's always going to be people that you're going to upset along the way. If there wasn't enough on your plate, uh, you're now going to be working on this television show on Poker Central. Uh being the uh, old fart uh, technological numbnuts that I am, I haven't even seen Poker Central yet. There's so much stuff on there that I would like to watch, but uh, I haven't really grasped the concept of uh, Roku and Amazon Fire and exactly how to, to handle all this technology. Uh, but I think uh, from what I've heard, everything has been really positive about the, the channel, and uh, you'll have the regular show coming up. Tell us about uh, what's going to be involved with that for you. Yeah, so the Primetime Poker Report is going to start on May 18th, so uh, just about two weeks away. I'm super excited, looking forward to it. It's going to air on Poker Central every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's spawned from our Poker News podcast, and Poker Central approached us at Poker News, and they wanted to figure out a way to somehow get the style and the content that is uh, developed around the show, the Poker News podcast, how they can get that you know, built into a TV show. You see that sort of thing a lot of, a lot of days. Uh, if you want to look at ESPN, for example, you know, you have a Dan Levitard show, Mike and Mike in the Morning, uh, a PTI, where they're, they're not full-on one-on-one talk shows, but they're kind of simulcast, and a lot of times they're also released as a podcast. So, you know, if you've seen a Mike and Mike, a Dan Levitard, a, a Colin Cowherd, for that example, even a Dan Patrick show, it's going to be very similar to that, where I'll have, I'll have guests on regularly, uh, both as you know, interviewees and also as guest hosts to stick with me for the whole show. We'll have news. We'll talk about any hot topics in poker. We'll have some fun, entertaining segments that we'll be doing on a regular basis. Uh, we'll have commentary. You know, all that sort of stuff. Anything that anything that's poker related, we're going to try and cram into that hour. Um, you know, it might be that uh, we'll feel that we won't get to everything, but uh, you know, we'll do our best. I know it's uh, produced by Farah Productions, uh, Dave Farah and Matt Brown, and uh, they're longtime uh, uh, television guys who will probably, uh, I guess, write a lot of the stuff and do all the production. So it's kind of a different, uh, actually, role for you. You're going to be the on-air guy. Uh, how much of the writing and uh, you know ideas and direction of the segments uh, are you going to be involved in? Uh, most of them. I think that I'm going to have my hand in almost all of it, and it's going to be strongly directed by me in terms of the content, like where I want to take it, the takes that I want to have, um, the message that I want to deliver. But that said, I also understand that being in this new role, I'm going to need to, you know, pick the brains of these guys who have been doing such a thing. You know, Matt and Dave are they're veterans of the TV production industry and doing this sort of thing. Um, just knowing that, knowing what they've been through, while they might not have done extensive amounts of it within the poker space, um, they're going to be able to lend me so much and anything that I can sort of bounce off them in, in our weekly production meetings and leading up to each week's show, you know, it's going to only it's going to only benefit me. It's going to only make the show better and, and hopefully resonate better with the audience. Do you uh, have experience in television at all? I do not have experience in television at all. To be honest with you, it freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
I was originally freaked out when I first got word that I was going to be writing articles that people were going to actually read on a website. That sort of freaked me out that I knew I had to, you know, kind of get my stuff in order and really, you know, make my arguments coherent and be able to be understood and succinct and to the point. Um, the next step would have been the getting into the podcasting scene a little bit, you know, just knowing that people were going to listen to what I have to say. Um, so oftentimes I feel like in my mind I'm going a thousand miles a minute and my mouth is going 10 miles a minute and just being able to get those two things on the same page and on the same speed and being able to relay my thoughts into words is something that I had to get over. Uh, and that's just, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys know with radio, just doing it and, and getting the experience, you know, it's right. just like anything you don't, you can, you can study something and you can practice something behind the scenes so much, but until you're actually out there doing it and you're sticking yourself in front of the camera or putting yourself on the microphone or writing something that does get published, you know, you're never going to get that experience unless you just try it. So, I mean, I can't really do anything now. I, I've prepared as much as I can, you know, as much as I think I can. I'm going to continue to prepare over these next two weeks and, and get some get some coaching and some tips and advice along the way. Uh, but until I just throw myself into the fire, I'm not going to fully understand the scope of where I need to improve and where I can, you know, enhance my ability. So, um, but where I, while I am nervous, I'm also equally, if not more, excited to, to get into it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it all. Well, I guess one of the keys will be uh, some of your co-hosts and uh, if you can bounce things off of them. And obviously uh, uh, that makes things a lot easier, but I'm sure it's going to be a true challenge for you. Yeah, no, I, and I think the co-hosts, like you said, are going to play a big role in it. A lot of my... Uh, my colleagues at Poker News, Sarah Herring, uh, Remco Rinkema, is gonna, they're all going to be joining the show uh, at various uh, points in time or various weeks. So any help that I can get from any of them also along the way is going to be great and uh, really help everything from a production standpoint. Well, as far as uh, availability, I, I know that's uh, been a little bit of a problem for Poker Central thus far. And uh, can you give us any tips on uh, the best way to go? Is it uh, Amazon Fire better than... Uh, uh, having an Xbox 360, or uh, how exactly does uh, people who are not that experienced with uh, that sort of media, uh, which is just not turning on the cable, uh, hmm. can find this show and go ahead and uh, and access it? Yeah, for me, the best the best option is Apple TV. I feel like that's the most uh, widespread device amongst the the community or the audience that will be viewing this. But you can also view Poker Central on Amazon Fire TV. Uh, filmon.tv is another place that you can get it. You can get it on Roku TV. You can get it on Xbox 360 and Xbox One as well. So whatever device that you have, whatever of those on-demand uh, television devices that you have, um, that's where that's where you'll find Poker Central. For me, it's Apple TV. That's that's just the best, and it has everything that you know I need, including Poker Central. So, well, I have none of those, but uh, I'm certainly going to make <laughs> make an effort to try to uh, come into this century. But uh, uh, they also have really something great, which is going to I think push things over the top, which is great that it coincides with your show, and that's this contest uh, involving the Super High Roller Bowl, where people have a chance to win a million dollars. It's a huge tournament, a $300,000 buy-in that's going to be uh, played out there uh, during the series, uh, toward the latter part of the series. But uh, uh, I guess uh, 
Yeah, do I have that right? I guess uh, it starts when? Uh, May 29th or something like that? Yeah, May 29th. So actually the first part of the series is going to be played out there and be covered live by Poker Central. Uh, there's only 49 players, so it's not like you're picking a, out of a 2,000-player field, but you have a chance to pick the final table of seven and then pick the order. If you do all that correctly, you win a million bucks. Uh, if you don't, but you're the best of everybody else, you've got a chance to win $10,000. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this contest because uh, unlike the Poker Central employees who can't play, I can play. All right. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully winning a million dollars because that would be awesome. And if I don't win a million dollars, then hopefully I can win $10,000. But it's a really fun contest, you know, that, that can really keep people engaged and tuned into the coverage. Uh, one of the things that some people don't know is that uh, I believe you're going to be able to you know, change out your team, change out your lineup for the final table up until the end of day one. So if you're following along right. with the coverage on day one, you can see, you know, let's say Phil Helmet busts out and he's in your lineup. Well, you just make a quick switch. You sub in, let's say, an Eric Seidel for him, and you're good to go, and your, your chances are better. Because obviously, you know, no one's going to, not everyone is going to make it through, and not all the 49 players are going to make it through on day one. So you'll be able to see uh, who comes and goes and then, you know, cater your lineup that way. Kind of a second opportunity there. Yep. Uh, Brian Rass won it last year, and uh, the whole field is on the Poker Central website if you want to uh, check that out and get involved. Uh, great tournament. Uh, the winner gets $5 million, and uh, it's just an absolutely huge tournament that's going on and covered uh, on television as well. Uh, let's finish up with the uh, the action clock because it, it, it really is revolutionary for this game. I mean, let's, say, let's, let's be honest. Uh, they've had it before. They've tried it other places. It's worked pretty well. Uh, I was a little concerned going in, but as it turned out, uh, as I mentioned in my story, it was kind of a non-factor. There were a few uh, instances here and there, but uh, what did you think of the implementation uh, by Protection Poker of the action clock? I thought it was the best implementation I've seen of a sh- of a shot clock in poker to, to this day. I mean, like you said, we haven't we've seen this before. You know, having a, a timer in a live poker event isn't anything new. Uh, just with the implementation, the ease, the efficiency of which it was used, um, it, the simplistic nature of it all, I mean, it wasn't anything difficult. There was only uh, three or four buttons that the dealers had to deal with. Uh, the display was very big. It was bright. Uh, it was visible to everyone at the table. I mean, there were a few instances where, you know, some players got caught not knowing what the time was or maybe they had headphones on and they didn't hear the dealer say something or the, or the clock beep. Um, but I think quick, uh, people quickly uh, adapted themselves, and you know it's it's one of those things that it's going to get need some getting used to. Uh, but being able to implement it in a, a smaller field event where you have a lot of pros who are you know very inept to just poker in general, and they're able to pick it up. If you if you were to throw something like this in a 2,000 player field with more recreational players, you know it has the potential to just be disastrous. So you start small and build from there, and I think that overall it turned out to be a really big hit. From everyone that I talked to, from from the dealers, it was very easy for them to be able to pick it up and use it. I didn't see really any mistakes being made by the dealers uh, with the action clock. Uh, the players seemed to all like it a lot, um, and then the, the staff seemed to love it as well. Or if not all, certainly most. But uh, there were there were a few, few problems. In fact, right in the beginning, uh, I think I mentioned it last week on the show. Uh, Matt Salzberg was very angry uh, when, for the second time in about the first ten hands, he got uh, knocked out of a hand that he probably would have won against Matt Waxman. Uh, he made the most noise while I was there. Did you have anybody else that kind of really uh, kind of made a scene there? 
No one that made a scene. Uh, I talked to Mohsen Sharania on the side uh, on one of the breaks, and he he suggested that instead of the timer when it runs out, your hand being dead, that he wishes your a time chip would just kick in, similar to online poker when you know when the clock hits zero and your online poker timer, um, you know, it usually just clicks right into the time bank and it starts ticking down from there. You know, you shouldn't really have to have your hand be killed, but instead you forfeit one of your 30-second time chips, and then you get that additional time. Um, I think that that would be a good implementation, a good, a good change to, to throw into the mix, and it also helps with the fact that some people may, you know, they're thinking they're, during those 30 seconds, let's say they're listening to music or not fully paying attention to, they're trying to shut out the noise that's going around around them. And just that said, they might not hear the dealer say, hey, 10 seconds, or they might not hear the clock beep. Um, or, you know, some of the tables voted to, to turn down the sound because it was, you know, they deemed it too loud and too annoying to them. So if you happen to miss a sound, then you get this additional 30 seconds, and, you know, while they're taking your time chip away, they say, hey, you ran out of time, we're going to take 30 seconds. But then you're aware of the fact that you have these additional 30 seconds, and then that's it before your hand is killed. In, in the interview with Nomad Savage last week, he pointed out a few guys. Obviously, Jordan Christos was on Twitter and ripped it ahead of time. Didn't really make that much of a scene at the tournament. Uh, but a couple other guys like uh, Timoshenko, Rettenmeyer, maybe uh, Byron Coverman, uh are guys that normally take a lot of time and certainly were probably not that happy with having to hurry up their decisions. No, yeah. The, uh, Jordan Christos was interesting. He seemed like kind of like the boy who cried wolf. He didn't really do anything when it came, you know push came to shove in the tournament uh, i watched him for a little while and i talked to some of the players that were at his table throughout day one and and you know he wasn't doing anything uh out of line or taking too long or you know maxing out the clock on every single action on every street like he threatened uh, yeah like he threatened um Timoshenko actually i think he said that uh he enjoyed it although it for him it's something that uh, takes him getting used to because he's somebody who likes to take a, a longer period of time. And I talked to Byron Caverman and he said that he liked it as well. Um, Byron's also someone who, you know, is, is you know, notorious for taking tons of time, thinking through every single action on every single street, uh, taking minutes, you know, on the flop, minutes on the turn, etc. So knowing that those guys, who are the guys that it would likely affect the most, uh, you know, are able to Maybe they're not going to fully get behind it and support it, and they would prefer not to use a shot clock, but the fact that they didn't have a massive problem with it and they still played the tournament as opposed to it deterring them from playing, I think is a positive sign. Especially as the tournament moves along, uh, especially you get close to the final table, uh, is two minutes total uh, enough time to have uh, available to these players? I think that on day one, two minutes would be adequate, but one of the things that I think they could change or implement to, to make the entire process better is the deeper you go in the tournament, the more time that you should get. Yeah. Uh, you know, the deeper you go in the tournament, you're either in the money or you're very close to the money, and that's when the decisions really matter. And, you know, you get down to a final table, oftentimes these guys are playing for $100,000 pay jumps. You know, you'd rather, you should be rewarded for making it that far. If you haven't used any time bank, you know, why should they reset? Uh, you know, why should why should somebody who used three on day one and somebody who didn't use any, why should that person who used three, why should he get rewarded with three more for day two? And, and if I didn't use any, why shouldn't I get rewarded, you know? Right. So knowing that, I think that as the time goes on, you should get a little bit more time, maybe let's say add a minute each day or double it each day, depending on the length of the tournament. Um, 
another thing that, that some people suggested, some of the players suggested, was that maybe on river decisions you get, let's say, or one no. a minute chip. Yeah. Because yeah, so, that's usually when, you know, things really matter. Oftentimes you're facing an all-in shove or, you know, that sort of stuff. So there are little tweaks that they could certainly look to implement. Uh, I'd say that they're, from where I looked at it going in, uh, the action clock is much further ahead than I had anticipated it would be. I just, you know, I, I mean, to be honest, I didn't think too much of it going into it. I said, oh, well, this is just another t- live poker timer, another shot clock, okay? What what can really be different than that's already been done other than they're thinking it on an iPad? Um, so, but, but seeing all the way that they did it, I feel like it was just the, the most seamless, most efficient integration of a, of a, you know, a time clock in a poker tournament uh, to date. Well, I think uh, you'll agree, and we all agree, that uh, it's a real positive for the game, uh, a game that has kind of gotten out of hand over the last few years. People watch players on TV. Uh, they start Hollywooding for little or no reason. Uh, obviously, there is time to, There is time that is necessary to recreate hands and think about if there's a story there to come up with and uh, what you should do to make your decision, but uh, it has gotten out of hand. What are your thoughts about how this will be implemented in the future uh, across the board or uh, just selected tournaments uh, on a pretty rare basis? I think the best approach would be to maybe for, let's say, six months to a year to start off in a more rare tournament and, and you know, select tournaments, bigger buying tournaments with smaller fields where the players are, you know, they can easily adapt to this sort of thing. Uh, I just think if you're going to start throwing this thing into 1,000, 2,000 player fields with more recreational players, you have more dealers in the mix that can make more mistakes. You just, you're just really opening yourself up for a lot of errors. Now, a lot of the problem with the, the tanking epidemic in poker is People see, you know, they see a lot of these tankers on TV and these big marquee televised live tournaments, and they see them taking a lot of time, and they want to emulate those those pros that they they idolize, that they want to be like. Well, I kind of think that there might be a trickle-down effect that you don't even need to implement this in big field, uh, you know, smaller buy-in tournaments, when if those players just see the action clock and see players acting quicker uh, in these, these big marquee televised tournaments, and uh, if they just see them acting quicker, then they'll in turn be like, okay, well, he acted quicker, so then I should just start acting quicker. So I think that there might even be a trickle-down effect without actually having to implement it in you know every tournament across the board. The start of the World Series just a few weeks away, and I'm sure that uh, that seven weeks out there, and although you live in Vegas now, uh, is really takes up uh, you know huge days for you, you know, 10, 14-hour days. Uh, so I'm sure, uh, you know, although you look forward to the challenge of it and, the, and uh, you know, the excitement that, that, that surrounds it there, it's really got to be a tough summer for you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the thing. I mean, I, I love it. I look forward to it. Uh, the challenge and just being out here and working every day, you know, at poker's biggest, most prestigious festival, it's awesome. It's inspiring. These weeks leading up to the series, you get really excited. You can't wait to be there when I... When I'm driving somewhere and I just happen to see the Rio off in the distance, I, I you know, I <laughs> kind of get a little, a little nervous. You know, the hairs on your arms raise a little bit because you know it's coming up again. Um, but also, like you said, it, it's tough. It's strenuous. It's a lot of work. Um, there are some times when, when I feel like I haven't slept at all in, in a week and a half. But you know, that's. I look at it like, okay, this is seven weeks, and you know, I was, I got into poker originally as, as a fan. 
you know, I was I was a huge fanboy. I just loved poker in general. I fell in love with the game and the fact that I've been able to, you know, work hard and get to where I am in the poker world and be able to be out there at the World Series of Poker. And I can't take that for granted. I'll tough it out for these seven weeks and then, you know, I'll take a vacation afterwards. So not to uh, the, the hard work. Yeah, it's, it's hard, but I like it. I can't complain too much about it. Well, if we get to mid-July and you're still sane, uh, uh, maybe we'll have you back on the show then uh, after you have a few days off. But uh, re- really appreciate you being on with me tonight, uh, Donnie. Uh, the show is called Primetime Poker Report. It's going to be on Poker Central two weeks from tonight, uh, May 18th. It, it kicks off, and uh, that's certainly something else in your plate, which is very full right now. But uh, you're a talented guy, and I, I'm sure you'll do well. There is a learning curve in TV, obviously, but uh, uh, it should be fun to uh, let you branch out your career into something like that. Yes, for sure, and thank you very much for having me on. And uh, anytime you want to have me on, I'm happy to make time for it. Okay, we will definitely do that uh, later in the year. Good luck on the show. Good luck uh, out there with all your coverage. And people can see your work, your regular writing, on PokerNews.com on a regular basis. Thanks again for uh, taking the time tonight. Thank you. Okay, we'll catch you later. Uh, Donnie Peters, the editor-in-chief of Poker News. Uh, so I waited way too long to get him on the show, and uh, certainly we'll get him back on. He has plenty of uh, uh, stuff to do as far as uh, you know, stuff all year round. We laugh about it, Joe, all the time on the program, how there's always something to cover. And you can imagine the kind of job he has to wade through. And just stuff. like you mentioned, seven weeks of wading through a lot of stuff and you know, and it is, you know, people don't realize how hard and difficult it is because there's so much to write about. And you yourself, who you know, who, who write for Annie Up, sometimes you got to say, hey, I can't write about this, or I've got to write about that. And right. it, it, that, that makes for a difficult decision as to what you think is very interesting and what the people really want to hear about and read about. Well, the lucky thing for him is if he's the editor-in-chief, he doesn't have to please anybody else. He can decide uh, what he's going to write, obviously, uh, you know, he has to deliver the decisions on everything everyone else put, sends in and that sort of thing. And there's a lot of video and stuff like that. It's state-of-the-art as far as, uh, uh, you know, uh, coverage on the Internet. And uh, certainly highly recommend it. As I mentioned, put it in one of your bookmarks because you'll be going every day to get the latest news in the world of poker. Yeah, and let me tell you some interesting uh, tidbits that he mentioned now about the shot clock that I thought was real interesting about Himself and what the other uh, player. Um, well, let's say let's save that till we come back. You got I want, I want you your got reaction it. on Perfect. some of that stuff. Perfect. Uh, let's finish up by uh, we have one more segment, but before we do, uh, we'll tell you once again about Gulfstream Park, uh, which is a great poker room here in South Florida. Uh, there's lots of choices you can make. Uh, you can make your decisions based on uh, what kind of promotions they have, what kind of giveaways, bad beat jackpots, uh, high hand giveaways, that sort of thing, or you can. Uh, you know, and, and certainly they have those at Gulfstream Park. It's certainly competitive with the rest of the area. But uh, there's lots of other reasons uh, why we recommend Gulfstream. And certainly location is one. The uh, the, play, the uh, surrounding areas with the track and, and that sort of thing and what's in the uh, village of Gulfstream Park, that sort of thing, uh, are all reasons to head over there to the southern part of Broward County. Hallandale Beach is the name of the area. And... Uh, well known for uh, the French Canadians that uh, will soon be gone, so uh, not going to be as much traffic over there in a couple of weeks. But uh, certainly, it's a it's a great uh, area. No birds are flying north, huh? Yeah, absolutely, it's a great place in South Florida. Uh, you know, if you love uh, 
nearness to the beach, the palm trees, and, and all kinds of things. It's very easily located right on South Federal Highway. 901 South Federal is the address. And just check out the 110-foot uh, steel and bronze statue, statue of Pegasus, which is now rises up from Quite the uh, northern part of Quite the parking lot. Boy. Uh, anyway, there's all kinds of great stuff. Uh, <laughs> you said it. Uh, it's uh, a place to go for many things as far as gambling and entertainment in South Florida. There's certainly all kinds of great stuff in this town, but uh, it's on the top of our list, no question about yep. it. Yep, yes it is. Uh, again, 901 South Federal Highway on the corner of Hallandale Beach Boulevard and Federal Highway in the southern part of Broward County. Easy to get to from all over South Florida, including the Palm Beaches. Just head on down and, and make a day of it. Uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, the Poker Room, a place to check out you know, and play uh, as far as... Uh, games of every type and tournaments of all types, uh, just check it out. Uh, we always encourage you to call the Poker Room and ask them any questions you have about what they have there, what the latest promotions are, and that sort of thing. 954-457-6336 is the phone number. 954-457-6336. It's Gulfstream Park. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. The odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because you usually miss. We did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. 
Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe, our thanks to Donnie Peters for spending close to an hour. I told him 15 minutes, and, yeah, well, but uh, as he, usual. Listen, listen, it's his own fault because he says, I'll stay as long as you yeah. need me. He, that's all I, I need guess to he hear. Didn't, he didn't know <laughs> your reputation. That's all I need to hear, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I want to get your reactions to uh, some of the things we talked about, especially the action clock, which kind of is the uh, uh, thing that, that we take away maybe the most out of this whole interview, and that's... Uh, getting a guy who's been around the business and his thoughts on how it was implemented. He was very pleased with the way it went. Uh, the thing that I'm most worried about, I guess, uh, you know, you can obviously throw out more 30-second chips if you need more time. I don't think the extra 30 seconds uh, sometimes is sufficient. But, you know, uh, again, you know, we got to draw the line somewhere. I want to get your thoughts because uh, – when you're throwing out those extra chips, you have to think about, do I need this more time? Do I need to play a chip? And that's got to take a few seconds here and there to decide, you know, if you're going to do that. That takes away your thought process on what you're going to do with the hand. Right, but that should be a decision, I mean, from what I understand, being that I didn't see it, is at the 10-second clock there's kind of a noise made or the dealer makes a noise. You've got 10 seconds stacked. At that point, you're going to kind of know whether you need to use it or not. Now, to avoid all of that, I love the ideas that Donnie put forth there and that the uh, player uh, motion, I'm sorry. Motion uh, Sharanya. Uh, yeah, it's easy for you to pronounce, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that motion decided. I think that's a great idea that you don't have to make that decision. It's going to be made for you. If you have time chips in front of you, Okay, and from what I understand, they were given four thirty-second four thirty-second chips, and so, then four four new ones the second day. They don't carry over, uh, which also could be a change down the road. Right, and like I said, now you don't have to make that decision. It's being made for you. Okay, fold before your thirty-second chip, you know, is put into effect. Your first thirty-second chip is put into effect, and if it's that big of a decision, well, listen, they're just going to keep taking thirty-second chips until you've run out. And at this point, you know, you don't have a leg to stand on, as I think if you're complaining about being timed out of a tournament, being that they're reaching into your stack and taking 30-second chips out of, out of your stack. I think that's a tremendous idea. And then Donnie also mentioned you go to day two. You just mentioned it, that you get four extra chips, but whatever chips you had from the day before, well, maybe you should reward the people who play faster, who didn't have to use their 30-second chips, I think you should carry them over, put them into your bag, you know, when you when you chip when you put your chips away at the end of, of, of day one, and you open them up. You've got those. Then the dealers hand out an additional two minutes or three minutes. You know, you could adjust it accordingly. And the same thing, if it goes to a day three or you know a day four, you keep adding. And if you don't use them, you know, you've got the advantage now as the tournament gets deeper, as decisions. As Donnie said, are are you know have a lot stronger monetary value to them. You know you you could be looking at a thirty thousand, hundred thousand dollar jump in prize pool from from a position. Now you know you want to hold on, and now you say, well, hey, now I've got eight or nine minutes stored up of time over over the course of the tournament, and it's to your advantage to read out to you know to to do whatever it is that you've got to do when you're reading your opponent and, and deciding whether you want to fold or raise. Well, I guess the bottom line is you know what the situation is going in. If it's a, if you can't deal with it, then you don't play that tournament. You have that choice. Exactly. But yeah. if you do, uh, you need to adapt, and uh, these guys did. There's no ri- Listen, to me, there's like there's no bitching allowed in this tournament. You came in knowing that there was a two-minute you know, uh, clock on you, that this is how this tournament was going to be played. So if you didn't like it, 
just like you said, don't enter the damn tournament. And plain and simple. I, 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 you know, as a poker room manager, you know, whenever we had any kind of rules set up there and people would come up and bitch to me about a certain rule, I said, listen, you know, this was explained to you prior to this. So if, if you, you know, weren't, if you didn't like how this rule was going to be implemented in the tournament or, or, or in live cash games, then don't play here. No one's holding a gun to your head telling you that you've got to spend your money in this place to play this game like this. And I think that going forward, this is definitely going to improve, you know, how this game is perceived on yeah. television, yeah, no Dave. Question I mean, this that. is where we wanted to no go, question. right? No question. You know, if people on TV start, you know, hey, great, I don't have to sit through freaking five minutes worth of waiting time on every single decision. Although that extra time is all cut out a lot of times, too. Uh, it's Depending on how the well, yeah, how but, it's but well, well, guess what now? You know, to make this even better, because, yes, if it's going to be for... Pre, you know, a, a future broadcast six months down the line that you know how I feel about that. I don't watch any yeah, of those. Exactly. Okay, if you want, You'd this, watch a live if you want to spot, want this to grow either through a live feed where they're enclosed and they're playing it, or even if it's on a ten or fifteen second, I mean ten or fifteen minute delay, you know, where information can't be getting out. You know, no one is on social media, no one's tweeting this out. However, however they control that, and it feels like you're watching this live. You don't want to be, I don't know about you, Dave, but I, I don't want to be sitting there watching some guy think for five minutes on each turn of the cards, on the, on the flop, on the turn, on the river, trying to make a damn decision. It's, it's just not entertaining poker. Well, not just these huge tournaments with these big-name players, but as far as the game goes, there's a ripple effect here, and as it's successful, you've got to be, as a poker room manager at one time, and all the guys that are out there running rooms now, they have to be absolutely thrilled that this was successful, and it's moving forward because you always want to increase the number of hands that get played. That was the big talk by these players. Wow, we played twice as many hands as we normally do in a poker room that has a rake off the table. That's got to make well, you thrilled it, about that. It does, but that, remember, that's in a cash game, not in a right. tournament game. Well, that's what I'm saying. A, right. In the cash game, you're gonna, you want that type of play now. In these tournament games where they're you know, on the clock... You want that also quicker because the quicker people get eliminated, the quicker you could try to start up a cash game. Yeah, right. And, you know, in, in, in local <laughs> tournaments, I mean, you know, that's what you definitely want. But you always want more hands played, for the most part, uh, right? Uh, well, in tournament as a poker Even manager, and, uh, no, in cash games, yeah. definitely, <laughs> there's, no, there's no question, there's no doubt about it. That's for sure. In tournaments... The only reason as a poker room manager I'd want more hands is because, like I said, hopefully the game will run quicker. You know, the, per, the natural progression of the game of people being eliminated will, will happen, and you could start up regular games. But, you know, as a house person, you know, you've already taken your money from the tournament. Quicker games just means, you know, uh, that, that it, it moves the tournament around. You have open more, open more tables for live games and so on like that. But in a tournament, not as big a deal as it is in a cash game from, 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 a, from a management standpoint. Well, I don't think there's any plans to implement, implement any sort of shot clock in the World Series of Poker this summer. A little late for that. Although they have changed mid-course uh, and made some decisions. Who knows? Uh, I think they probably are looking at this very closely. Uh, the GPL with the Cube this summer, when they have those games out there this summer, they are going to use the shot clock. They've already said that. 
and uh, maybe stole a little bit of their thunder because they were the first ones to really talk about it. But uh, the WPT was absolutely thrilled with it, and I think uh, most of the players kind of liked it. Maybe there's a few that uh, may get vocal later on. Exactly, and I'll tell you why they absolutely loved it, and, and as Donnie said, he thought it ran very smoothly, you know, for the most part. You had, what was it, 64, 69 players enter? So you're looking at... 64. Okay, so you're looking at eight tables, seven to eight tables right. being played. Um Donnie did make a great point, you know, while we were while you were interviewing him. He there did make a big, about great this. point. Yes, about about the dealers, you know, in larger fields. You know, unfortunately, in big tournaments, you know, all your dealers are not of the same quality. Right. You know, and I well, hate to say that. they picked out their best dealers. For hey, this one. That's and what they I'm didn't really that. train them until the morning of the tournament. And we're great dealers. You don't have to, Dave. Right. We're great dealers. You know, you're told what to do once or twice. You run it two or three times, and that's the reason you are a great dealer, that you're one of the top-notch dealers. Now, not to take anything away from the dealers that, you know, when you're running a 6,000-plus and 30,000 for, for the Colossus, you just need bodies. Yeah. And, unfortunately, not all these bodies <laughs> are, are, are so at, good. Are, right, exactly, are that well-trained, you know, uh, Unfortunately, I've seen it on a much lesser scale, so I can't even imagine the quality of dealers. And, and again, you're talking to someone who's trained so many dealers in his lifetime, and maybe they're brand-new break-in dealers, and it's a little nervous, it's a little nerve-wracking. So that has to go into into the thought process of yeah. whether you're going to put in, implement a shot clock. Well, you didn't. You weren't there at all during the tournament. You didn't really see it. But I thought the uh, the idea, the company called Protection Poker did a very nice job. I talked to some of the guys from that company, and uh, their end of it was great. And uh, basically what you had was the dealer box there where normally the chips are right. was, a, was an iPad Pro with about 7-inch high red digital numbers that clicked down from 30 to 0, uh, there were two buttons there. The dealer was responsible for hitting the button when each when it went from person to person, and uh, there was a, a kind of a beep went, went off at ta- I guess it was ten seconds, and then uh, of course the final buzzer. Uh, I laughed and I said at the time that uh, uh, the new all-in and call that that brings everybody over to the table to see what's happening is now buzzer followed by floor. So <laughs> so if there's a buzzer and you don't hear anything afterwards, then there's no problem. But all of a sudden there's a controversy if they have to call the floor over to make a decision on well, it. So something else for them to deal with, certainly there. It is, but I think that the this is heading in the right direction, Dave. Something has needed to be done about people taking so much time at the tables. And even though it's a very small first step, you know, with a small sample size of people, you know, from what I'm understanding and from what you saw, it ran pretty smooth, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, very, very much so. So, you know, now, uh, I believe Donnie mentioned it, now you take it up a little bit of a bigger scale, maybe to 100, 150, you know, entry tournament, and just keep expanding it and, you know, adding whatever good ideas, feedback that you get back to it. And uh, hopefully in two years, two, three years, this will be the norm in, in any type of tournament. And I think that that's when you will start to see a big boom in in TV ratings, especially when these when these events can be put on a uh, on a slight delay feed or right. even a live feed. 
Well, uh, I'm pretty objective when I look at my program. I usually go back and listen to them, and uh, I can tell you right now, best show ever. <laughs> in my opinion thank you donnie uh, for an hour of your life that you'll never get back but <laughs> certainly uh very enjoyable and a, and a great guest but with, it'll uh, live on we'll in on our again. archives that yeah, he absolutely wants to get it back. don't forget you can always listen to the show on uh stitcher stitcher.com which is a great uh feed for uh, all kinds of podcasts and it carries our show on a regular basis several other ways you can get the program uh, you can go to itunes and uh, search poker action line Either subscribe to the show where it will download the show every time it, uh, you load di- iTunes in your uh, computer, or you can pick out an individual show to listen to and download for free. The Poker Fuse podcast page is giving us plenty of uh, uh, plugs on Twitter and, and that sort of thing. They have a page of podcasts, and they carry our show weekly. Also, Hold'em Radio Network, uh, holdemradio.com. Uh, carries the show on some nice time slots throughout the week and replays it a couple of times as well. So uh, if, you, if all of that else fails, uh, you can go to PokerActionLine.com. We have a uh, Podbean page uh, that you can click on the yellow box on the front page and get the latest shows and go back and check it out. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, I love this show, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Certainly you'll forgive us for not uh, carrying the Kate Hall interview. We'll get to that next week. But, uh, you know got to do what you got to do. Yeah, this is an excellent show, so hopefully people enjoyed it out there. Gio, thank you for all your technical help and uh, getting the show on the air. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you next week on another edition of this program. It's called Poker Action Line, and we hope you'll make it uh, regular listening for you on your uh, listening devices. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 